Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. There's nothing better than the Lord. Why don't you have a seat with us today? We're glad you're here and uh, we're so glad you're in the house of God. Are you glad you're here today? Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say you're in the right place at the right time right now. Uh, you guys are used to it already. You're jumping ahead of me already. So we appreciate all of you being here this morning. And uh, we've been on a series the last month called Born Identity. And most of you might be familiar with the movie Born Identity with Matt Damon. One of those exciting movies. And not, not a movie my wife likes to watch. She likes to watch the chick flicks and uh, Hallmark movies. But uh, every once in a while... Uh, the, the, this movie comes out, Born Identity. It's kind of a play on words. Most of you might know that uh, this guy, uh, Born Identity, his name is Jason Bourne, and uh, he's a CIA operative, and he loses his memory, gets amnesia. He doesn't know what his real identity is. And then at some point, he realizes his name is not even Jason Bourne. It's an alias name trying to cover. It's an undercover name. And he realizes his name is David Webb. And he's trying to now live a new life and trying to get a new identity because he doesn't want to be that guy anymore. And it's an amazing thing when you think about our identity and who you are and who God made you to be. Uh, there's a lot of confusion in our world about identity. In fact, let me read a scripture here out, out of the book of Psalms chapter 139. And it's kind of been the theme scripture of the series. And it says this, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. He said, when my bones were formed, carefully you put together in my mother's womb. He said, you put me together in my mother's womb. When I was growing there in secret, you knew that I was there. You saw me before I was born. The days allotted to me, had all been recorded in your book before any of them ever began. And so here is David in the book of Psalms describing that God has made us. We're wonderfully born, and we believe that life begins in the womb. In fact, science has caught up to that with all the technology and um, all these different ways of seeing inside the womb ultrasounds and all these different things in fact I was reminded of a picture that I saw in 1999 where a doctor had to perform an operation because of this baby they analyzed it and it had a, what they call is a spinal bifida and uh, basically where the um, where the spine is outside of the body they have to it, it, it grows outside and it's not obviously at that point, they realized that there's going to have, this baby's going to have complications. So what the doctors did at 21 weeks, they did this surgery, and they have to remove the woman's uterus outside and perform and cut and perform this surgery on this baby. And in this particular picture, it's called the hand of hope, the baby hands comes out. And I'm going to show you this picture because I thought it was pretty, pretty neat. You see the whole arm come out. This is 1999. Uh, they have performed 1,500 of these uh, particular uh, surgeries now. 
And so that don't look like a fetus to me. That looks like a baby's arm. But that's another story, right? And so I begin to think about how we're formed in the womb. We're formed right there. And it's amazing what they can do that today. So I'm going to pray as we dive into this message of our identity. And what I want to talk about today is facing who you are. Facing who you are. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that the word of God is not outdated. That God, it applies in 2022. That everything that your word said applies to our lives. So I pray that you'd open our hearts, you'd open our mind, open our spirit, remove every distraction, remove every weight of stress and so many things that just weigh on our mind today. Remove those things. Help us to open up our hearts to you. I pray the word of God would come alive in the hearts and minds of people. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit as I declare your word and that the people would hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. So where do we get our identity? And uh, I talked about when I first started this message is something called the DNA or the genetic code. And as you can see, this, this uh, graphic back here is illustrating our DNA and our genetic code. We get our identity pretty much early in life. And I talked about how our circumstances form our identity, the people that we connect with form our identity and really early on the messages that we hear when we're young can begin to form our identity if someone tells you very early in life that you're ugly you believe you are when you're not that you're dumb they those words begin to resonate that you'll never amount to anything those words begin to resonate and they begin to form your identity we live in a world today where people are confused about identity. People are confused about their ethnic identity. They're confused about their gender identity and sexual identity. And people are confused about their personal identity and their spiritual identity. And so I want to talk about someone today by the name of Moses whose identity was a bit confused and where he came from and who he was. And I believe today we'll kind of resonate with it. We'll kind of... Uh, We'll kind of relate to it, I think, in a lot of ways of Moses' life. Uh, but I was reading an article not long ago about a lady that was in the Alex airport. She was about to go to Mexico on a, on a vacation, and she was called to the front by TSA, and she was walked over, and before she knew it, she was put in a room, and they said, put your hands up against the wall, and uh, they began to handcuff her, and uh, she was... Uh, taken to, to, to jail because they thought she was somebody else. They thought she was a fugitive from Texas. And she said, I've never been to Texas in my life. They said, shut up, we know who you are. And so for, for you know, everybody goes, that's not me. I didn't do it, right? A lot of people in jail today. That wasn't me. But anyway, this, in reality, they, it, there was a mistaken identity. It wasn't this lady. And uh, they, she was in jail for two weeks before they finally realized we got the wrong person. And uh, had they double-checked, they would have realized it wasn't her. And today, as I was talking about DNA, DNA uh, technology can identify people from things that they did years ago. And if they find a blood sample, all kinds of different samples, you probably read this about 
the Golden State Killer, how they, he was one of the first guys that they were able to catch with DNA technology and uh, the, all the killings that he did, and they found him. You know, he's an older man now, and uh, they found him due to the genealogy and all of these different things and were able to get him because of his DNA. So your DNA is going to tell us who you are. And so when we look at the life of Moses, Moses has to face who he he is. And I want to give you just a little bit of background about Moses. Most of us might know the story. Maybe you've read it. Maybe you're not familiar. But uh, if you look at Moses' life, he was probably one of the greatest leaders in the Old Testament. And he's the guy that basically freed all of God's people that have been in bondage and slavery for 400 years. Uh, uh, he's, he, he spoke to God personally on the mountain. He, got, he was able to get the Ten Commandments from God. He carried the tablets. Uh, the scripture uh, tells us that as you begin to read the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy was written by Moses. And so you look at Moses' life, he's a pretty big figure, and he's an important man. And here the Bible tells us that he was raised in Pharaoh's house, yet he was a Hebrew. And if most of you know the story, the Bible says that he was born during a time where Pharaoh was trying to kill all of these babies after they were born. Talk about abortion, it was afterwards. And so they're trying to kill all of these babies. And Moses' mom, her name is Jochebed, she has a little baby boy. And and the scripture says she tries to hide him for three months. And she finally puts him in a little basket and weaves this basket and lets him go down the Nile River, if you know the story. And the scripture said that Pharaoh's daughter discovers him there and she pulls them out of this basket. And uh, he, she names him Moses, meaning I drew him out of the water. And so when you think about Moses, he was the basket case, right? <laughs> right? And you may say, they call me a basket case. You might be the next Moses, I don't know. But I was thinking about Moses' life and what God did. And the scripture tells us that he's raised in Pharaoh's house or he raised as an Egyptian. So here's a baby that lost his identity, confused about his identity, and he has to rediscover who he is. He has to realize, he begins to realize later in life who he really is. And he says, who am I going to be? Am I going to live a fake identity, or am I going to be the real person that I'm supposed to be? And the book of Hebrews kind of gives us a condensed summary of the story. So I'm going to read out of the book of Hebrews chapter 11, which most of you know, Hebrews chapter 11 is the book of faith. It's the faith chapter. If you want faith, if you're lacking faith, read the book of Hebrews. It'll encourage you. But here we find it in verse 23. It says, it gives us a, a condensed summary of the story. It says, by faith, in verse, at verse 23, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born. Because they saw he was no ordinary child. They were not afraid of the king's edict or the the king's decree. Because remember, Pharaoh wanted all these babies killed. By faith, when he had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose, it said, to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. How many of you know sin is pleasurable only for a season? 
And he regarded the disgrace for the sake of Christ at the greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, and he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Now, there's so much in this, these verses of Scripture. We can, we can take a whole month, honestly, if we kind of broke it all down. But I, I want to talk about how Moses was able to face his identity. And all of us are going to have to face our identity. And the Scripture tells us a couple of things that Moses did in order to face who he was. So I want you to write. I need to move really quickly. So write this down. Knowing your true identity is a mark of maturity. Knowing your true identity is a mark of maturity. The Bible says here that Moses, when he had grown up, in other words, when he had matured, when he came to a place of knowledge and maturity, he says, wait a minute, I'm not the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I know who I am. He said, he discovers that now he is the son of a Hebrew slave by the name of Jochebed. And he begins to ask himself some questions. Uh, who am I supposed to be? I grew up in, in, uh, in royalty. I grew up in the palace. But really, I'm, I'm, I was born or I'm a son of a slave. And so all of us, at some point or another, as you've grown in life, you want to know what your purpose is. You say, what is my life purpose? What am I supposed to do with my life? All of us have come to that question in your life. And you come to a point of maturity where you say, man, I have greater purpose. Uh, there's more to my life. There's more to life than what's around me. And this is exactly what Moses is at. He comes to a place of personal identity. And he says, man, uh, I'm, uh, who am I? And when he discovers it, the Bible says he refused to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter. This is what I believe. The closer you get to God, the more you find out who you really are. The closer you get to God, the more mature you become. The closer you get to God, you'll begin to understand your identity. I believe there's a spiritual maturity that comes to our life when we know our purpose, when we know who we are. We get rid of the high school mentality. Am I right? It's not, oh, this and all that. You know, the old high school mentality stuff. Sometimes, you know, I meet people that are older now, and they're still acting like we're in high school. Like, hey. Hey, have you not grown up? We're out of high school. You're still looking for this, and who's this cute person, cute person? Really, come on. The next party? Really, grow up. Grow up. It's not about the next party. You got responsibilities. Are you with me? And grow up a little bit. And so he refused to be known as Pharaoh's daughter. And think about it. This is the full-scale identity crisis uh, all of a sudden he says man i was born a slave i'm i'm the poorest of the poor he goes uh, and now here i am i was raised uh, in this rich royalty so he had to come to a place am i rich or am i poor am i walking in royalty or am i a slave am i going to be fake or am i going to be real am i going to live like a phony or am i going to be who i really am I was thinking about those Father's Day jokes uh, the other day, and am I going to be a fake noodle? Am I going to be an impasta? Amen. Am I going to be an, an impasta? I love that. So that's what a fake noodle is. Anyway, 
you were, if you weren't here last week, you don't know what I'm talking about. But, but I begin to think about this. He had two choices. He can, be, he can pretend uh, to be Pharaoh's grandson or Pharaoh's uh, daughter's son. He could do all of that, live the lifestyle that he was living, power, possession, position, you know, status, all of this. Or he could admit that he's a Jewish slave. So that means that he had to live in disgrace. He had to live like the poor slave. He had to make a choice. He had to face who he was. And all of us have to come to a point, if we're going to mature in life, you got to stop refusing to live the lie and be who you are. And no amount of peer pressure, no amount of pressure, all of these things weren't going to change his mind. He decided what he was. See, if you don't decide who you're going to be, people will decide for you. People will begin to put expectations on you. People will begin to say, you need to be this person. And you'll begin to act or be a people pleaser. And rather than pleasing God, you're going to try to please other people. And so when you come to a point of spiritual maturity, to a place where you know who you are, everything changes about you. You're a lot more bolder. You're a lot more confident in who you are and what you're doing. The greatest example of this is Jesus. The Bible tells us that, that Jesus knew exactly who he was. Listen to what it says here in John chapter 8, verse 14. He goes, I know where I came from, and I know where I'm going. That is maturity. And as your pastor today that loves you, I want you to come to a place to know who you are and where you're going, to have confidence in that. You got to be confident about your strength and be confident about your weaknesses. There's something you could do and there's something you can't do. I realized early on in life that I was not going to be an NBA player. I realized that already. I knew that. Wasn't going to happen. Wasn't going to happen. I had, you know, as much as I like that, you know. And so all of us today, we have to come to grips with who we are and stop being fake. Stop being fake. Write this down. I'm a product of my past, but I'm not a prisoner of my past. All of us are a product of our past. There are things in our past that make us who we are. There are things that have happened in your life growing up as a child, but you don't have to be a prisoner of your past. Your past is not your destiny. I've learned that when I, when I got close to God, when all of us get close to God, we realize, hey, all of these things happened in my life, but I don't have to be a prisoner of my past. God produces a new destiny for my life. When you become to a place of maturity and you come to a place that you're close to God, you're not afraid to get close to God and to serve other people. You know, when I think about Jesus, he was so confident that he was willing to serve people even though people should have been serving him. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve others. When, you have, when you're confident about your identity, you're not insecure about serving others. Insecure people are afraid to serve other people because they go, what are they going to think about me? What do you mean? Are you confident about who you are? You're not afraid to serve other people. You're not afraid about what other people think. Jesus did this. Look at this in John chapter 13. The Bible says Jesus knew uh, that he had come from God. He knew that the Father had given him complete power. Think about this. And so after this, he got up, wrapped the towel around his waist, and began to wash the disciples' feet. 
I mean, think about this. He knew who he was. He, God had given him complete power. And the scripture says that, that after they finished eating, that he got up and began to wash the disciples' feet. Now, I want you to think about this. It may not be a big deal to you today to wash somebody's feet, but, but back then, people's feet were dirty. I mean, it was a low-end job. And people didn't wear shoes like we're wearing today. They wore chanclas, okay, flip-flops. That's what they had on. And, and, and the roads weren't paved. Most of us know this. And so their feet were dirty. And most of the time, when they came, when you came to someone's house, it wasn't the owner that washed your feet. It was a slave. But here is Jesus willing to serve, willing to wash his disciples' feet, uh, dirty, uh, uh, filthy feet, uh, because he knew his identity, and he wasn't afraid to serve others. He knew who he was. When you know who you were, who you are, you're not afraid to do the little menial jobs. Are you with me? You're not afraid to serve. You're not afraid to work. Are you listening to me? There are times that people come to the, to the church during the day, and I'll be working on vacuum cleaners. And my, my wife hates this, but I'm working on vacuum cleaners. And sometimes I'm scraping the, the gum off the sidewalk in the front there. Some, some people, you guys have a bad habit, but I scrape them off. They get on, they get on my nerves out there. And people say, hey, get off, don't do that. I, I'm not afraid to serve. I'm not afraid to clean. I'm not afraid to do stuff. Sometimes I'll vacuum things. I see stuff there. I can't wait for somebody. I'll, give me the vacuum. I know how to use this thing. You know, and, and, and so you're not afraid to do this thing. You're not afraid to do something. See, this is why we believe serving is a call. It's not volunteering. See, volunteering, it's all on your terms. When you look at it as a calling, man, you're on God's terms. I'm serving because I have confidence in God. I know who I am. I, I know where I'm about, and I know who God is. So maturity today is a sign of identity. Number two, when you know who you are, it defines your responsibilities. You know what your responsibilities are. You, it clarifies what God expects from you. It clarifies what you need to be doing and what you don't need to be doing. I realized that, you know what? God didn't call me to be a piano player. How do I know that? Have you ever heard me play the piano? You don't want to hear me do that. So some, some, of you, some, some of you, you're not called to sing. Amen. You're called to sing with the choir and the group. Amen. You don't want to sing a solo, right? Solo, we can't hear you. But anyway, we... No, nah, I'm sorry. Anyway, so we, we, got our, we have our responsibilities. You know your responsibilities. You know what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. You evaluate your responsibilities and say, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is not what I'm supposed to do. You'd be surprised if the pastor, people try to tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not naming anyone here, okay? But it happens. Pastor, we need to do this. We need to go, hey, check your ID. Wait, hold on a second. Are you me or what's going on? You're in the wrong lane here. Amen. Anyway, let's move on. So uh, when you know what you're doing and you know who you are, you know your responsibility, and you know you're not supposed to be doing everything. You know, hey, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not supposed to be doing that. When you're trying to do everything, uh, then you don't really know who you are. Your responsibility, God made you for who you are. And there are things that God created you with and giftings and talents and anointing stay in your lane. And so when I looked at Moses' life, it's almost like God custom made Moses. Because think about this. He, he's born a Hebrew and he's going to be the, the, the deliverer of the Hebrew people. 
but he also needed this experience and education, and so he's raised in the palace. God knew, God had a plan. God needed the DNA from the Hebrews, and God needed the raising in the Egyptian house. Isn't that crazy? I mean, when you begin to think about this whole story of Moses, I mean, it wasn't so much that he needed great parents, he needed the right DNA. And a lot of you today, uh, you were born in a house, whether you had good parents, bad parents, I, I, some of you may not even have grown up with your parents, it doesn't matter, you needed their DNA to be who you are. And a lot of the other things that you grew up with, whether they were good, the bad, the ugly, they make up who you are. And so it's not so much that God, you know, says, well, you're going to be born from this family because you need this upbringing, you need this kind of parent. Sometimes uh, what God is doing is you just need this DNA because that DNA is going to teach you to persevere. And whether your parents were good or bad, it doesn't matter how many of we need to honor our parents, whether they were good or bad. None of those things matter. What matters is that God puts you in the right place. You were born in the right, but with the right DNA, and he had the purpose in your life. Somebody say amen. It's all part of identity. And so Moses is raised not by his parents, but he's raised by Egyptians. And he has to come to deal with, uh, what is my assignment? And the moment he realizes that he's a Hebrew slave, the moment he realizes that he's born from that DNA, he begins to accept that as his mission for life. And he says, wait a minute, I'm here because God placed me here, and I have a call now, I have a mission to set these people free. And in verse 25 of Hebrews chapter 11, it says, Moses chose, listen to what it says, to be mistreated along with the people of God, rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin in the palace of Egypt for a season or a short time. So think about this. God chooses him first to be this baby, but then later on, he chooses God. And it's all of us. God chose you, and then later on in life, you need to choose God. God chose you to be born, and later on, you got to choose to be born again. I thought that was pretty good. Anyway, so verse 24, verse 24, he's refusing, he's refusing to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter, and he's choosing, rather, to be what God called him to be. In other words, I'm going to be what God's called me to be. I'm going to accept my responsibility as this baby boy that was born as the Hebrew, that was born and, and, and put in a basket. I, I, he, he began to realize, I've got some responsibilities here. There's these people that are suffering, and he had to make a choice. Am I going to help them, or, I'm, or am I just going to live my life like I don't know who I am? Am I going to be fake, or am I going to be real? And one of, one of the things I believe that if you're going to face your identity, you've got to stop blaming other people for the directions in your life. There's a lot of people that you, we're always blaming. You know, in America, especially today, people are blaming everyone else for everything. They blame the government, they blame society, they blame the school. And I'm not saying none of those things are true. What I'm saying is when you come to a place of maturity, you stop blaming other people. When you blame, you be lame. That's right. And so other people in life, listen to me, other people in life are going to hurt you. A lot of people in life are going to hurt you. Maybe you've grown up with some people that have hurt you, did bad things to you. And there are people that can't, but they don't have to ruin your life forever. 
See, what we've done is we've allowed that blame and we blame all these people that have hurt us and that's ruined our life forever. And Moses said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to live blaming everybody. I'm not going to blame my parents. We don't see them anywhere in the scripture saying, you put me in a basket. You did this and all this. And, 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 and he realized, you know what? I'm not going to live blaming everyone else. And he gave account for his own life. Are you with me? When you know, when you know your responsibilities, you know to give account for your own life. Number three, write this down. I got to move quickly. When you know your identity, it decides what your priorities are. It decides what's most important in your life. And I think Moses had to come to a place where he had to decide what's really important. What are my priorities in life? What are, where do I need to be spending my time? Where do I need to be investing my life? And when you come to a place where you know who you are, you begin to, begin to prioritize your life. What's important in my life? What are my priorities in my life? So here is, here is Moses again. He's a Hebrew slave. He was raised in Pharaoh's house. And again, uh, he sees all that's going on. These slaves, these slaves are being beaten. Uh, basically, they're, they're laborers. They're just laborers. They're building the pyramids, all these different things. Uh, and, and he could have said to himself, again, he could have said, well, you know what? Uh, I'm going to ignore these people. I'm just going to ignore. I'm just going to live my life. And he could have said, you know, I got other priorities uh, you know, there are other things more important than all these people and all their suffering. That's not my problem. But the Bible says he regarded that a disgrace for the sake of Christ. In verse 26, it says in Hebrews 11, Moses regarded that disgrace for the sake of Christ was of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. So Moses was making a value judgment. He was saying to himself, what is most important? What is, more, what is the most valuable thing in my life? Is it the treasures of Egypt or are these people that are suffering and hurting? Or the people that I come from where, God, where I, I was born from? Do I have a responsibility here? See, when you know your identity, you know what your priorities are. Let me ask you a question. And you don't, you don't just in your mind, okay? I want to ask you a question here. Tell me the most important thing, the five most important things in your life right now. Just, just in your mind, what are the five most important? Can you even list the five most important things in your life right now? What are the five most important things right now in your life? Those five most important things in your life are who you are and the direction that you're going in. If you don't even know what they are, then you don't even have any identity. You even know what they are? You should be able to name them off like this. God, my family, my children, my church, my ministry. Just, just like that, just be able to name them. They don't, have to be my, they don't have to be the same as mine. What I'm saying to you is what are, the most, what are the five most important priorities in your life right now? And they're really going to say a lot about your identity. They're going to say a lot about the direction in your life. See, when your values are clear, your decisions are easier. Did you hear me? When your values are clear, your decisions are easier. Uh, this example just came to me. I'm going I'm to share it. I might have shared it before in the church. Is that all right? Can I just randomly give you an example? I'm going to give you one. And so I, 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 I have a brother. I have six brothers, so I won't tell you which one it was. And so one of them, one of them has a bit of a temper. And he, 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 he kind of a, 
he could fight here and there, okay? So anyway, he's driving down the freeway, okay? And this guy cuts him off. I know it's never happened to none of you. And so he's mad. Like, this, I can't believe this guy cut me off. Now, you know, he, he's married. He's got two children, little babies, you know, already. They're small. And he's driving, and he's, he's going to chase this guy. Because I'm going to go chase him. I don't care. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull him over. I'm going to settle this thing right now. I know none of you have ever felt that. You've never had that kind of anger. So he's, he's driving. This guy cut him off. He's mad. He's going to chase the guy down in the car. And then it dawned on him. Wait a minute. Life's not about me. What if something happens? What if this guy has a gun? What if we get in an argument? I got, I got a wife at home and two children that depend on me. This isn't worth it. Slows down and keeps driving. And I begin to think about that. See, he realized what his priorities were. And that his identity was no longer that angry guy that goes down chasing guys down and settling a score. Are you with me? See, if you're still like that and you got other responsibility, you got some growing up to do. You don't know what your priorities are. See, when your values are clear, your decisions are easier. See, it has, as I begin to serve God and all of us, and you begin to get close to God, you say, wait a minute, this and that. When the values are clear, it's not even a decision. It's not even an option. I know what I'm going to do. I know where I'm going to be. I know where I'm going to be Sunday morning. I know where I'm going to be the next day. I'm not, I'm not going to get involved in this and get involved in that. And here is Moses. He's got some priorities that he's he, in his mind and in his heart and he realizes he makes a value judgment. What's important in my life? And it's amazing to me the three things that he begins to put value on is the same thing that we deal with today. Think about this. The first thing that he has to deal with is popularity. And why, why did Moses have to do with popular, popularity? Number one is, again, he was born in Pharaoh's house. He's the son of Pharaoh's daughter. She adopted him. And so he's the prince. He's, he's popular. Think about that. You're, you're, the, you're, the next, you're, you're the next pharaoh. You're, you're the one up in line. Everybody knows your name. You're popular. You're all kinds of things. Could you imagine the clothes that he wore? He's pharaoh's grandson. He's a celebrity. A TMZ is chasing him around trying to get pictures, you know. And he's trying, hey, no pictures right now, you know what I'm saying? Hey, get that guy over there. Off with his head. No, I'm just, anyway, he's, he's in the chariot, you know. He's got the gold chains. Even before rap music was going on, he had the gold chains. Yeah. Moses, uh-huh, all that. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Why did I do that? So here he is. Here he is. He's a celebrity. He's popular. He's got status. He's got power. And the Bible says, he says he refuses to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He makes a priority. Second thing is he gives up all the pleasure. How many know we live in a world today, if it feels good, do it. Do whatever feels good to you. Do whatever pleasure you want. And this guy could have everything. I mean, he, he, he is a, he's a prince. He can have as many women as he wants. He can eat as much, uh, whatever food that he wants. He can have all the pleasure that he wants, all of it. it can feel, he can do whatever he wants, all the pleasure that he wants. But the Bible says, choosing rather to suffer the affliction, Hebrews 11.25, with the people of God, rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a time. So he says, I'm not going to give in to the pleasure. I'm not going to give in 
And the third thing, he walks away. And again, I, I believe this all has to do with our world today. Popularity, pleasure, and then possessions. He had all the riches that he needed. He said he regarded it a disgrace for the sake of Christ as the greater value. In other words, Christ is of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking what ahead to his reward. So the possession, the power, the pleasure, all of the things that he could have had. Uh, he could have had all the status. He could have had all the privileges, all the positions, everything, uh, possessions, everything that he wanted. Moses had to make a value judgment there. He had to decide, am I going to do all of that? Am I going to fulfill my life with all of these things that the world has to offer? Popularity, pleasure, possession, or, or am I going to walk away from this? And the Bible says that Moses makes a decision. It says, by faith, Hebrews eleven twenty four. when he had grown up, again, when he had matured, refused to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So what did he decide to do? He decided, Moses decided to fulfill the will of God, the purpose of God. See, when your priorities are right and they're in line, you'll do what God's called you to do. God's will is above everything in your house and your life. When I see people that are Christian and believers, but they still have trouble with the will of God, you've got some growing up to do. You've got some maturity to do. You don't understand your identity. You're living a false ID. You, you're, you know what? That, that ID's fake, man. It's got a fake ID. You're fake. Anyway, so here it is. Fulfilling God's, fulfilling God's purpose. Moses said, I'm going to fulfill God's purpose and rather than loving the pleasures of life, he's loving the people of God. Rather than loving possessions, he's loving God. And rather than enjoying all of these pleasures of sin, he's going to fulfill the will of God. And the Bible says he's looking ahead, verse 26, he's looking ahead to his reward. In other words, when your priorities are right, your vision and your values line up. And he's looking ahead. He says, you know what? My, 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 my vision determines my values. He's looking ahead to his reward. He's looking toward heaven. He's looking for what God has in store for his life. How many know this world is a garbage can compared to heaven? Uh, this world is nothing compared to what God's going to give his people. So we got to think long-term thinking. So many times we have short-term thinking. So many times we're looking for this temporary rather than the eternal. How many understand that everything that you have around you isn't going to last? I'm serious. And, and, and some of you guys, some of us, since some of you guys, even me, as we're getting older, you realize that, that at, some, at some point, you know, death is, is around the corner. You know, at some point you're going to die. And think of everything that you own. You say, well, I'm, I'm going to give these to my children. I've said this before. Your children don't want your furniture. They don't want your clothes. They don't. They're going to Goodwill. I'm just going to be honest with you. They're giving it away. They're putting it in a yard sale. Offer up all your stuff that you I'm saving it for them. They don't want your stuff. They don't even want your jewelry. They don't want none of your stuff. You know, maybe your money, but none, none of the other stuff. <laughs> Think about all the stuff that we have. We're saving up. You know, I'm going to save it for them. They don't want it. They don't even know what to do with it. So think it. It's worthless compared to Christ. Can you say amen? And the fourth thing I want to say, when you know your identity, it determines your destiny. I said it determines your destiny. 
Change always starts in your mind and your heart, and change always starts inside. See, a lot of us today, we want our circumstances to change, and when our circumstances change, we change. No, God wants you to change first. So a lot, many times I, I talk to people, and, and they're waiting for things to change around their life. And when their environment gets better, then they're going to change. When uh, their environment changes, the stress is going to go away. When their environment changes, they're not going to be as angry anymore, and, and the stress is going to leave. And, and how many know when you live that kind of life, you say, well, I'm going to move over here to Hawaii, and all my stress is going to go away. Guess what? When you move to Hawaii, your stress moves with you to Hawaii. So I'm going to move over here. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave California. That's going to change everything. No, you're taking yourself there. Wherever you go, that's where your stress goes. All your anxiety goes with you. Am I making sense? Verse 27 says, it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt. He wasn't afraid of the king. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. He understood what was ahead. And he left his past behind. See, he left Egypt behind. Whenever you look at scripture, Egypt always represents our past life. Egypt always represents bondage. Egypt always represents slavery. So the question is, what's your Egypt? What are some things in your life that you need to leave behind? What are some things in your life that are always drawing you back. Again, I said, we're a product of our past, but we're not supposed to be prisoners of our past. Satan will always remind you of your past. Isn't it amazing how Satan will always highlight the past, but he'll never show you the misery of the past? He'll show you, oh yeah, you were partying, but he never showed you when your head was in the toilet bowl throwing up, how sick you were, how bad. He'll show you, oh, you had all these relationships, but he never showed you all the hurt and pain that those relationships brought you. But it'll show you all the highlights, everything was good. And, and let me just tell you, some of those hurts, don't waste the pain, don't waste the hurt. Let it remind you of some things you don't want to go back to. You know, sometimes we say, I, I want all the pain, all the hurt to go. And sometimes I think, mm, maybe not. Maybe some of that hurt and pain needs to be there to remind you, you don't want to go back there. Because you will remember how painful and how hurtful it was. And I believe today that God wants to create a new identity. How many can say amen to that? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things passed away, what? And behold, everything becomes new. God wants to give you a new identity in Christ where the old things have passed away. I can go on and on. Moses got a new identity. He was a new man. He encountered God. We know the burning bush experience. We know all of these things. And he goes back to Egypt. We know the story. He freed all of these slaves. Something changed in Moses' heart. Something changed in who he was. He faced who he was, and he became a new person, a changed person. And today we're talking about him today. Because God can do that in our own lives when we face who we are. Say, God, you know what? I don't want to be that person in the past. I don't want to be whoever everybody else wants me to be. I want, you to, I want to be who you called me to be. So let's pray. Why don't we just bow our heads for just a moment? 
Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.